Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's Kiss You to Death. Take it. You Listen, Tim, Chris, host of As You Were. Uh, this song title has bugged me forever. I don't know why, but something about that phrase. I, I don't know, man. David Anthony, I do know why it bugs you to death, and that's because it's too silly. Well, it's too silly, and it's like, I... Uh, there's so much to unpack here. I don't know if we start right away. I, I don't know. I've just got shit to say. Get your box cutters out. It's As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. Every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. This week we're talking about track number four on My Shame Is True. A song called Kiss You to Death. It's a song that the Alkaline Trio recorded with Bill Stevenson, of course, in Los Angeles? No, right. in uh, Fort in Collins, Colorado. Oh, really? That's where the blasting room is. Oh, that's pretty cool. Some Colorado State. Go uh, go Rams. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Uh, I don't know shit about Colorado Springs, really. Or uh, Fort Collins. Or uh, even Colorado Springs. Fucking both. I don't know. <laughs> Apologies to my uh, our listeners in Colorado. Uh, I do enjoy your state. I just don't know much about it. Coloridians, um, we we love you, of course, and we also love our Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were, where my friend David and I had a very fun, enlightening exercise, resequencing My Shame is True. We each did it separately. David's was called My Shame is Two. And mine was called The Angels Want to Wear My Crimson Shoes, which is the only aspect of my resequencing that is markedly better than David's. Well, I mean, I have so softened on the title of this record over the years. Maybe it's just repeat sayings. (laughs) It's just, you know, this band always loved puns and wordplay. And you know, good morning, hey, 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 from here to infirmary, <laughs> you know, like it's just, just kind of always been there. Um, but this one, when it when it was first announced, I was like, Jesus Christ! Uh, but now I kind of like it, and I think that's my issue with the title "Kiss Kiss You to Death" is it's just a cliche that they're saying, like mm-hmm. it's it, it's not really played with very much, you know. Well, I tell you what is played with very much, and that's the arrangement of this song. Who boy, is it ever. And, you know, Tim, I'll, I'll let you speak to it a little more, but I, I wanted to say, just to, not to plug our Patreon again, but... Oh, patreon.com slash as you were? Yes, exactly. Um, Let's not I, plug patreon.com slash as you were too many times. Yes, we should not do it too many times, but we should kiss the Patreon to death, is what I'm saying. Um Anyway, patreon.com slash as you were. Uh, this is Sign a song that as it falls in the track list, track four, mm-hmm. I have always been like, woof, this is just like really starting the downturn of this album. Um, 
but with your resequencing, I heard it with fresh ears and was like, man, there are some big flaws. So I'm tied on down, but there's some pretty cool stuff. And that arrangement I think is pretty cool. You know what? I think so too. And we're not going to give away where that sequence, uh, where it ends up in that sequence over on patreon.com slash as you were for the angels want to wear my crimson shoes, but it's a build. Mm -hmm. It's a big ass build, which seems a little strange in its original placement at track number four. You start off. My shame is true with, two bangers yep a a one two punch that could really only be challenged by rolling stones start me up and whichever song follows start me up on slow me Tattoo down you yo exactly it's a start full story up, slow me down <laughs> his lips are so big <laughs> it's true but this is a song that on on its surface you're you're looking at these words and the guitar arrangements and you're like the pretty standard verse chorus bridge Matt Skiba song but we start out with just Matt and guitar for a while yeah got a little bit of a little bit of peripheral noise from Derek and then whoosh, Come up big for that chorus. Mm -hmm. Still slow. And then we kind of kick into an octave part, which no matter where it is, I love that rigid octave part. It just works, man. It's like, I think that's the thing is I just really have always viewed this song as being like super by the numbers. And it is in parts, but like musically, it's really kind of pushing Matt's whole thing in a different direction. And I, I honestly really like that. Like it's it's pretty. Um, I don't want to say ambitious songwriting for him, him, but it's really like deconstructing what he normally does and is like trying to find like, all right, like let's make it big. And like even the way Derek kind of does those tom rolls and that build up beneath it, it's really slow and measured. And it's not like unlike what I think so many of the good songs on this record are, which are like just like hitting you right in the pleasure center of your brain this one actually is like a little bit removed and it kind of takes its time and i think like yeah maybe feels you know I, I, all right i'll just come on and say it what i don't like about it is the lyrics and the vocal performance like <laughs> those are the things that i think i i think what he's saying isn't strong enough with how strong the music is i find the music very expressive and like it emotes in a way that he does not which kind of sucks because like this record is like, you know, my shame is true is his breakup record. He's having like a bad time. And I, you know, again, not to, uh, show my hand too much as you were com slash Patreon. Um, that was intentional. That's what it is. Jesus. Um, uh, you know, I just feel like all the songs where he's really putting that at the forefront, they just don't feel genuine. Like he's just leaning on cliches, almost like, the subject itself is too heavy for him to actually approach or like intellectualize or look at. So he just kind of like, 
he's writing from such a like simplistic like i am sad and having a bad time without even really saying that he just like Mm -hmm. leans on very simple imagery and cliches that just like really don't and he doesn't do anything with them that's the thing too yeah it's it's straight up i miss you i want to kiss you to death and that's really it we get expansion on the i miss you aspect of it um he misses taking out the trash yeah it's just i i think it's pretty clear that the intention with a line like that is you miss the most mundane realities about being with this person you miss the lived in life of being together with this person uh taking out the trash is certainly uh well it it can be romantic Uh, yeah readers of don delillo's white noise uh get a lot of uh insight into how romantic one can be about garbage night um but i mean and it's a good it's a good thought and i think later on in that verse saying i miss your cat perfect yep. that's great i like that, that is the, the 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 cat um that you bond with the cat that is the extension of the owner more more dogs i think are, are more in line with that but still that's a, that's a good line um there are there's a great dog breath song that's just about missing an ex's dog um but you're right it doesn't enter into much of anything even with those attempts well and like here's what i'll say is like i kind of even don't dislike the initial lyrics they're like taking a ride down to your place like that whole thing and you know uh to like fully armchair quarterback and make this something that it is 100 percent not go for it joe montana uh is that like he's almost like and this is what really makes it miss for me is what he could have done with this like you know taking a ride da 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 is he's doing like the inversion of chesterfield king right where like mm-hmm. that's like the emphatic like oh, i'm driving so fast to see this person and now he's like driving past their place in the kind of creepy sad way and like i think yeah. there's so much like fertile ideas and material just in that concept and it's like it is creepy it is uncomfortable but i think it's you know it's a little honest in a way that i think could be mined a little better i just feel like he defaults to like just like not exploring that and like when he does hit on it like the you know miss the cats like taking out the trash like there's just like there's these little flashes of like man like you're really close to it but then you really fixate on like the stuff that kind of doesn't matter too like you're really pushing this in a direction where i'm like okay i don't feel it because you're just naming things now you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i think that's a little bit of what the bummer is here is like he has the flashes of like the introspection he has the flashes of the details he has like these little moments where like again musically i think he's he's actually like expressing it pretty well 
But unfortunately, a lot of the words just amount to like, if I'm going to be real, almost like high school age poetry. Um, and that is a little tough. Yeah. And I think that the reason it feels like high school poetry is that he's trying to find the universal symbols. He's going to try and add the details that everybody can immediately like relate to. Mm-hmm. That collective unconscious that, you know, when it comes out in high school, what are you what are you doing other than like mimicking the things that you've heard? Yeah. And I think that you know, his approach is songwriterly. Yes. You know, listen to the fucking Phil Spector box set and tell me anything that is not like directly uh intended to be as universal as possible. But it's 2013. This is your seventh album. People know you. Give us something here, man. Oh, it's also their eighth album. Um, Whatever. um, I only know that because, boy, when they put out this addiction, they fucking leaned into using this, like, seven symbol on everything. (laughs) Um, Also, the biggest whiff in the world where like everyone was expecting is this thing cursed to be called nine lives which i actually would have liked um more than that but anyway um to your point yeah like nothing of this is like out of character with what is like kind of established like pox pop song like structure format like the way this stuff is kind of supposed to work even in the narrative constructions and i guess that's the thing is just like there are moments on this record where like I've said it so many times and people are going to be like, you're a fucking hypocrite. They're correct. Um, but like, there've been so many times where I've been like, Oh, he's just like doing dumb bullshit. And like writing about stuff. Like, you know, she lied to the FBI. It's just about a movie and yada, yada, yada. Did you watch the town yet? No, but it is on the list. We'll get there. I watched it the other day. What is it streaming on something? Um, I can't recall. Yeah, I, I mean, Plex, I do want to see it, so, ultimately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it had to have been, because I watched it on a TV downstairs that uh, there's only a couple of the streaming services okay. on. So. Cool, yeah, I'll have to look that up, because I do really want to see it. Um, but to that point, like, I like She Lied to the FBI and Want to Be a Warhol. Like, even Torture Doctor, as dumb as that song title is, which I think is really the worst, a huge sticking point for that, to be real. Like... Mm-hmm is he's finding cool little like Skiba-esque details in these things, you know, yep. like I've always found, I want to be a Warhol hanging on your wall. You down there looking up at me. It's that is a better version of what he's trying to get at. There's this remove of like mm-hmm. this display of self that is like observed and not interacted with. That's actually kind of compelling to me, <laughs> like in a dumb little pop punk song. Mm-hmm. And this one, it's just like, man, I could listen to the fucking instrumental of this song and have a really nice time. But I think it's not even just the lyrics, but he feels vocally really flat. He sounds like he's trying to be removed and it sounds like he's trying to be like, well, this is what sadness sounds like. You know, it's just like, there's a little bit of like a performative, like remove 
that has always kind of bugged me with this song a little bit where it's Mm -hmm. like i wish it had a little more of an emphatic delivery especially in the bridge kind of coming out of that i just don't feel like he gets it there you know what i mean yeah there's like you you would think that with songs that are about a breakup this is something that needs to come out he's writing this because he needs to put it out there and i think what it can feel like is i just had this breakup i i guess that's what i need to write about well exactly and i think it is you know and this is one of the things that we we talked about a lot when we were hitting the earlier material but i think matt you know did a great job early on of like never making never making the other person come off negatively. And Mm -hmm. I don't think he does on this album either. Like, I don't really think he's like objectifying or like coming across as like, he's singing about this person where it's like, you scorned me. He's, he is singing more from just like, I'm sad. And Mm -hmm. to his credit, I think that is allowed. Even when he's at his worst, I never am like, Ooh, this is like bad and gross. Right. And I I think the fact that, like, the person he broke up with is on the cover of the record speaks to the fact that, like, they had an amicable amicable enough relationship, even after the fact, for that to not be, like, something that this person was opposed to, you know? Mm -hmm. And that is all very commendable. But I do wonder if just, like, the fact that, like, he's not really implicating himself enough for this to feel either like super like woe as me, but it also doesn't feel like he's really wrestling with what happened. It's just like mm-hmm. this vague sense of like a thing I liked is over. I miss the thing. Yeah. And I think that is just such a like base level, like inarticulate version of the concept where it's like, I think he's never been like super verbose in songwriting, but I think like when you listen to like, think of a narrative like clavicle and it's just like, there is so much more rich detail and like you understand who the person is. Cause there's like, he, you know, he just stopped writing songs where he's like putting those like quotes and like, you said this or like, you know, like it just feels mm-hmm. very flat to me. It just feels like the kind of like, descriptions you get above dialogue in a script where it's just like person leaves <laughs> like but you don't yeah. know what is said yeah no that, that, that's a really good point and you think about you know the the breakup records that are so direct i mean uh-huh. going rumors yep. this song is about the person that uh that is across the room for from me they know mm-hmm. we know isn't this great isn't this a great playground for us yep i mean even look at a record i think that does it super well and and i know is an early influence for alkaline true is uh, super chunks foolish like mm-hmm. and again like there's not a lot of like blame place but there's just this like distance like i i think of the difference between like again matt taking the ride down to your place versus driveway to driveway where yeah. it's like, again, Mac's not really saying it, but it's just so 
you feel it it comes across in the performance and i think you can you can find that space between like directly saying what you're feeling and then just kind of like evoking it and this one just sits in between to me where it's like kind of hits it sometimes but it's like the moments of description are what pull me in and then so much else being vague means i'm just kind of left like oh fuck like well what is there he had to kind of commit to either going way more obtuse and just like leaving clues Mm -hmm. or he had to like kind of kick it in and being like you know i miss whatever other item like he could have just he could have become a weaker than song and just listed items and it would have also been fine to me but (laughs) as it sits purely from a lyrical vocal performance standpoint i think this song loses a lot of points from me but i think from a musical composition and performance standpoint from all the members, I think it's it's really some of the coolest stuff they do on this record that I just like never really appreciated. I just read the merge book and Mac have you have you read it? Years ago. Mac talking about foolish and quoting Sammy Hagar, saying, I can't believe I'm quoting Sammy Hagar here, but he has a quote. And it says, the first time uh, someone breaks up with you, you have material for the rest of your life. No, Foolish was not about Laura. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. But also, yeah, like, sick point. Um, when we talk about that bridge, which does have a little bit of listing, you're in my yep. heart, you're in my skull. Um, there's some like, it's that bridge is like clunky. Yes. Um, but I will point out, uh, for the sake of plugging your piece over at formerclarity.com about ska and about post punk, hear a little bit of Roland Space Echo in there, that like classic dub uh, yep. echo, which is tight. Yeah, I mean, it, it. that's the thing is, like, it's a clunky bridge. I like it because, again, it, there's just, like, weird little risks being taken. And, like, mm-hmm. I know I say that shit all the time, but, like, it's one that really pays off. Like, they're kind of throwing production stuff in here that is, like, super not their standard thing. And it's awesome to me. Like, I think, I think the best parts of this record are the ones where they, like, kind of are able to inject that on top of what they normally do. Mm-hmm. And, like, to me, I think that always just makes for, like, all right, you understand what is the core of your thing and how to build on it a little bit. Um, and I think this song does that. Like, with even you calling out, like, that or, like, even just the way the kind of treatment of those octave chords are when they first kick in, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is not moving as fast as it normally does. You're giving it this kind of, like, almost, like, gallopy, like, like kind of, like, build but not in the like goodbye forever way. You know, there's just these little things that are like treated super nicely where I'm like, man, like this is so close to being sick. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's really like a step away. Um, I love the end part with those ascending octaves. Yeah. That come in. They, it's fantastic. Um, They're pretty clean. It's not like, an often associated tone with the trio 
Um, but they come in like to great effect to really just like, you know, symbolically take us home. Um, I, I do like most of the production choices on here. I think the, there's a couple too many layers in the chorus. There's like that one, like kind of jangly guitar that just sounds like it's so pocketed. It's like, we don't need that, but I, I enjoy all of it yeah i mean i think that's that's a good call out because it's one where it's like it's not treated the way it should be Mm -hmm. it's like i don't mind the idea of it and the concept of it and like actually think it could it just needs to be executed a little better yeah just put a fucking like just put a microphone in front of an amp like Uh, yeah it doesn't have to be so tiny it feels like the it feels like the amp that uh albini used for the uh solos on 24 hour like i don't need that yeah no it's it is a little odd and i'm like i'm sure that was a decision that they were like talking about in a room and like oh this would be cool because it's like playing against type a little bit but like some stuff there's a reason there's a type for it Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um not to be mr like formalist here but i think with like there are certain things where it's like you don't need to reinvent the wheel every time when it comes to like how should we record this guitar you know right. and i think that you know we've talked about some of this uh, the production on my shame is true not being the best um and i think that is almost you know to bring it back around that's a big critique for me here because i feel like it it kind of hid what was actually happening in this song to me for a long time like the production and treatment of some of this i think kind of obscured the fact that like if this was a song on, I cannot believe I'm about to say what I'm about to say. If this was a song on this addiction uh-huh. with a little bit more straight ahead production, uh-huh. I think I would like it a lot more. Yeah. What do you rate it? Boy, this is a tough one, man. Uh, I'm going to give it a two and a half. Let's I'm going to give it a three. I was thinking give it a three. Yeah. Um, I think honestly it was certainly aided by what we did over on Patreon, patreon.com slash it also abetted as you were, it was aided and abetted, um, that, that exercise put a new framework around it for the both of us. And, it definitely leaves you wanting more. Yes. Is the thing. And sometimes that's okay, I guess. As you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio, every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. This week, we talked about Kiss You to Death, which we also talked about on our Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. You can go over there and pledge to the show to keep us doing what we do we go into some long form like we did earlier today we've also got some merchandise on the way over there we also let people vote on the songs that we talk about either way we'll be back next week we invite you to tell a friend to rate and subscribe and to join us for another edition we look forward to it we will see you then thank you friends you're in my skull